0: Welcome to the Road to Growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to
1: success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the Road to Growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor Vinny.
0: Hi, Road to Growth listeners. Today I have Andrew uh, on the podcast. An interesting one because I had his part- one of his partners, right, because you're going to hear how Andrew has a lot of hats i had one of his partners on the podcast oh my gosh i think it was had to be two years ago three years ago yeah and uh so it'd be kind of intriguing kind of how everything kind of comes through and i think i'm pretty sure i interviewed ashley before covid so we'll hear how you adapted but yeah this is an interesting one and thank you andrew for being here
1: today well thanks for inviting me and uh kudos to the intro
0: Thank you. <laughs> Thank that
1: 30-second intro is valuable, isn't it? <laughs> it, get,
0: it gets you excited. gets you ready to, to, to rock and roll. And uh, I mean, I think in, in the current climate or probably for the last couple of years, you, you've had to, being a business owner, uh, push yourself. Rock. I mean, learn how to rock and roll and keep yourself motivated. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I know you, you wear a lot of hats now um, with basically the taxes, CFO for um, with Ash, your you and Ashley's business. I mean, kind of walk us through. How do you describe yourself when people ask you, "Hey, Andrew, what do you do?"
1: I think that uh, I have succeeded in being able to pursue the areas in my life that I love and enjoy. And so it's been health and fitness, it's been education, and then it's been accounting and tax. And then the common denominator between all three of those are that you're interacting with people.
2: Hmm.
1: And I enjoy interacting with people. And I think that's been my key to success. I've been naturally curious about people, like how they think and where they work and what's their day look like. How did they meet who they ended up with? So that's been... So to find a match to that has been really um, valuable to me.
0: I mean, when I think of tax people, CPAs, numbers people, I usually don't think of like social butterflies. Do you you get that interaction or is it more of kind of the numbers tell you more of the story of the person or how does that work?
1: Well, I've been doing it for 30 years and I've had pretty much – the same clients for that period of time. Mm -hmm. Um, The numbers are not important. Uh, The name of my business is stress free tax prep. So it's my job to make that experience. I know this is going to sound weird, enjoyable. Hmm. So I've thought through what creates stress in people in relationship to taxes and I've done the best that I can to alleviate those situations. So when a lot of people now that are my clients have been coming back to me for years, and you got to realize that I only get to see them for an hour a year. Yeah. So there's a lot of catching up to do. You know, there's a lot of people that their kids get married and then they have kids. Uh, uh, last year, somebody said to me, um, it was my a grandkid of one of my clients that's now able to do taxes. Mm-hmm. Vietnam, wow. Three generations into it,
2: yeah. So yeah, everything
1: has a sh- social aspect to it. Yeah, okay. uh, I guess it's how you engage people.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. yeah no, it, it, it make it makes sense. And and curious, what what do you feel is the the thing or that item that stresses people out about doing their taxes?
1: Well, there's a lot of them. And you got to realize that that whole industry is what I call an industry of unknown. Like people come in and they don't know how it's going to pan out. So then people have fear about the unknown. Uh, so I try to take that fear and mitigate it. And I do that by educating people so that when they come in the next, for example, if you owe. If you owe on your taxes and you're an employee, it's because you're not withholding the appropriate amount. But most people don't know that. They don't know they need to go back to HR and change their withholdings. So they keep running that same pattern. So a lot of it is education. It's mitigating the fear. Um, It's getting people comfortable with the IRS. There's this stigma attached to doing taxes that the IRS is Big Brother, and they're not. I mean, maybe Franchise Tax Board a little bit, but the IRS is not Big Brother. They don't know everything about your life. After all this time, I, I really got a sense of what they know and what they don't know. Hmm. And it's pretty amazing to me, Vinny, what they don't know.
0: <laughs> I guess, can you elaborate on what they don't know?
1: Yeah. When you file your taxes and they're submitted, There is nothing in that computer bank yet. There's no W-2 in there. There's nothing from your mortgage company in that program, in that computer bank. So when you file your taxes, um, they're going on what you're telling them. Mm -hmm. Two years after you file them, the computers do a sweep, and then they figure out, oh, that W-2 was wrong, or we're missing a 1099 for your interest from the bank. Um, And that's enlightening when you think about it, Vinny. That's why there's so much fraud is because people can make up that they had a W-2, that they had withholdings way more than what they actually withheld and get a huge refund. I remember Vinny, when I started doing taxes, you could put down on that tax return your kid without a social security number. Following me? Yeah. So they changed that law. So the next year you had to put the social security number of the kid on that tax return that year. Millions of kids died. Hmm. I'm joking.
0: Yeah, no, I understand.
1: They suddenly disappeared.
0: So, I mean, how much, how much do you think with the IRS is more so about inputting the data that's received compared to double checking the old data from two years ago? the time well
1: see i do that that's one of the that's what i provide is that i'll actually my program is so savvy that it tells me what's missing from the year before Mm. or two years before so if you're a consistent client i pretty much know what's missing so i'll do the tax return and then at the end the program pops up what i call red flags and i'll say to them I'll even know, uh, Vinny, that their mortgage interest was a lot lower this year than last year. Why? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people will get an or their mortgage company will sell that loan. And now they have two 1099s they should be getting, but they yeah. didn't. Yeah. So uh, uh, the truth about taxes for me is I've got an incredible program. I'm going to input everything you bring me, but it's explaining to people what's going on. It's getting people past the fear of am I going to, oh, am I going to get a refund? Uh, And then the other part, Vinny, is that every year the law changes.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. I mean, there was the year where they took away the ability for us in California to deduct all of our property taxes and all of our state taxes. That year, the refunds almost were cut in half. Wow. Is this conversation boring enough? everybody's checking out already
0: well you know it's it so because i mean i think it's a a rare that someone's going to say numbers are exciting there's probably people out there that go oh my gosh he's talking my language and and that kind of stuff and and they're i mean to each their own right and then you switch over to to your business with ashley right where it I forgot what uh top designer or one of the shows right there was she, a
1: uh, project runway,
0: project runway. Right. Yeah, where that's glamour. Where design. that's like the, the kind of the, the, almost like the opposite of like ex- boringness to excitement. Like, so like,
1: except it's not Vinny because okay. I'm not creative in that business. Okay. I'm just the numbers guy. Okay. Okay. I also have philosophies about business yeah. that I bring to every business and it goes like this. Be clear about what you want, know exactly where you're at, and then take the steps to get there.
2: Mm.
1: Uh, sounds simple, right? Mm. Except most people don't know where they're at. So when I look at people, like I have 10, I'm going to say 10 QuickBooks clients, Vinnie, and I do their books every month for them. At yeah. the end of the year, I just download the profit loss and put it on their taxes, right? Yeah. They never look at it. Yeah, They're never aware month to month. I think the key to success, one of the keys to success in business is to know where you're at. Like, did you do better this month than last month? How about year to year? Are you growing? Uh, why not? So there's a, um, there's a lot of people who have really great ideas, but they don't know how to structure the business for success. Well,
0: I mean, let, let's rewind a little bit then, right? Go let's ahead. let's talk about when you started. I mean, what, what came first? The 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 businesses with regards to the tax preparing. Because I the think you're also a teacher, right?
1: Yeah, tax preparation, Vinny, was my entire life. But okay. you gotta realize that's three months out of my life every year. Gotcha. So because I started by in education okay. uh, by teaching business courses. Okay. And then I became part owner of the college that Ashley went to. Gotcha. Okay. So for 30 years, I was at that college, uh, CFO. And I would teach the business classes there. Uh, When the recession hit, after 35 years, that college went under. Mm. And in the last class before that college went under, Ashley was a part of that group. Gotcha. And then she went on to go on to Project One Runway, win that, So when she won that, uh, I reached out, she reached out, I'd been doing her taxes and asked her if she needed somebody that could support her Mm -hmm. in the business aspect of it. And so it was like this creative mind and this business mind combining. And it, it was gold. It's gold.
0: So how does that conversation look like? Right? I mean, I know it's, it's every partnership, right? You have to lay the groundworks, it seems like, right? And if one's creative and one's more kind of rooted in the numbers, how does that communication and how does that groundwork kind of work?
1: You know, it's been amazing, our relationship, because we know what our areas of expertise are. Like, I'm never going to tell her how to design anything. Hmm. And she's not going to tell me about how to run the business. And it's really worked out. So there's a real clear line Um, for example, two days ago, somebody reached out. They want her to create a line of sunglasses for plus size people. Mm. So she's created glasses for plus size people. She's created jewelry for plus size people. She's created clothing for plus size people. There is a world out there that is underserved, Vinny. Mm. And Ashley has been this thought leader on how to do that. So somebody reached out. Wanted her to create a line of sunglasses. Uh, from Dubai. Yeah. Oh. So I went and did my homework because the first thing I think is these are wealthy countries, these are wealthy people, they can't have 67% of the population be plus size like we do, right? Yeah. 76% of their population is plus size. Wow. Oh. That's what I said. Yeah. So change the way I was gonna have that conversation. Yeah. Because what they were looking for was something American. Yeah. So here was this guy's ideas. I've been doing this in, the, in in the these countries for three years. I want to expand into Europe, America, et cetera. I'm going to pick one designer from each of those countries, and I'm going to have them create a, a line of sunglasses. Good idea, right? Yeah. But then what I what I what we talked about then was why not the, create one for regular sizes and one for plus size Mm -hmm. because the market is there. Like for Ashley, it's tough for her to find sunglasses for round faces, round faces. Mm. Uh, It was tough for her to find these kind of glasses for round faces. Mm. So she created them and she has the platform to develop them and then sell them. So I had the conversation with the guy from Dubai Ashley no. wasn't even part of it. Okay. Because, you know, I'm working out the details. What are you going to yep. pay? What's her design fee? What's our commission? And then she can enter in. Now, gotcha. I said to her, now what she'll do, she'll do a mood board. She'll go out and start looking at sunglasses here in the United States. She'll start to look at, it's funny to me, uh, Vinny, because what he said to me was, stay away from metal. And I said, why? He said, because it's so friggin' hot over here, it'll burn their faces. Oh yeah. So there's those little things that we need to know, right? Yeah. That we got to do our homework on. Ashley is a master at that. She'll do all of her homework and then provide them two or three mood uh, boards, product sketches, the kind of uh, not fabric, but the elements of the glasses, etc.
0: So it, the way it sounds like the structure that you guys built is more that okay, well. You start here, pass it on, pass the baton to me, and then I'll pass the baton back to you and then kind of pass it back and kind of. And it's not too much overlap. It's just more of kind of passing the baton.
1: Yeah. And we did that with everything. We've done that with everything. She's designing um, a bag for roller skating. Mm. Same thing. She's designing a new line of roller skates. Um, When we got into the mask business, we had to innovate there, too. Yeah. Because when you realize when the pandemic hit, everybody was just wearing, they, they didn't even exist masks. But Ashton wanted to create fashionable masks. So we had a line of 100 different masks people could buy mm. for every occasion, for political, uh, holidays, et cetera. And that pretty much kept us going for two years. Yeah. But it was her innovation, even the innovating of how the mask looked was up to Ashley gotcha and it was uh, Vinny when the pandemic hit and people figured out we were in the mask market we stopped all of our marketing because we could not take another order Oh. it took us a year before we posted anything anything not even a personal thing on Ashley's Instagram or Facebook and wow. up until that point, we were posting every day. Yeah, yeah, you know, lifestyle stuff.
0: Does does did that have effect uh, effect on your business later on? Because you almost gave up the yes stranglehold you had on your clientele. Yes, I guess?
1: yes. Okay. yes. Huh. But I think it did for a lot of people. Yeah, you know, and then um, it's ironic. To realize how much money people had during that time. Yeah. People were in the mood to spend. You know, we were we had masks that were thirty dollars. Yeah. Yeah. And even well, like,
0: from what I understand, we're getting kind of back into that because I think people weren't traveling, so they were saving money there, and now yeah. people are I think borrowing. Yeah. To buy yeah. again.
1: But... And Vinny, there was a lot of free money out there.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. You
1: know yeah. how many people are yeah. on unemployment? Yeah. That were independent contractors they weren't even employees yeah i did their taxes <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was like everybody came in with unemployment
0: so we're winding back again right back again yeah. to as a teacher right yeah. and then you're also doing the 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 um, people's taxes yeah i mean how much i mean because that has to be an intriguing thing right i mean where you're teaching right and are you also asking the individual mm-hmm. your work you're teaching Hey, if you guys need your taxes done, I'm here to help. Or is it more of building relationships? And they were kind of aware that you did taxes, also.
1: Well, I owned the college, so there wasn't an issue about me doing taxes. Okay, um, okay. I did offer to do my the students' taxes for twenty five bucks. Okay, okay, you know that was just a it's it's it, they were all single kids. It was no big deal to me.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So so for. But that wasn't a, a ends to the mean, right? The, the the putting the college together, building the classes, the program wasn't to get more. No. Your never no, Yeah. It was just no, a totally separate thing.
1: No. And even that that sector uh, really expanded quickly, the vocational college spe- uh, sector, and then just crashed. University mm-hmm. of Phoenix, all of those computer program schools, they all went under. Yeah. That whole vocational college, because what happened, Vinny, was the free money dried up. So how, how
0: how long was the college around for?
1: Thirty five years. How long? Thirty five. And so,
0: when did you get the idea of starting a college or starting a? Uh, I didn't
1: have the original idea. Okay. Somebody else had the original idea, and I joined with her. Okay. When I was young, I taught a class at something called Patricia Stevens Fashion College in Mission Valley. Okay. Just saying it. Bring speed TSD. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and they closed. And when they closed, one of the teachers there said, I'm going to go start my own. Will you come with me, Andrew? Oh wow. The kids really like you. And so her and I went, and the financial aid director at that school, the three of us went and started this fashion careers of call it, California. Wow. It was on Marina Boulevard. You could see the signs from the freeway. And we were there for 35 years.
0: Is, is that a good business or was that a good business? Like money-wise? It was
1: then because there was nobody in the market. Then FIDM okay. came to town, FIDM. Yeah. Then the Art Institute came to town. Yeah. And now we're competing against people with deep pockets.
0: Gotcha, okay, so it didn't make sense of that. It
1: didn't make sense. And then so we started, like even when Ashley came in, she was attracted to the program because she liked the idea of private attention. Hmm. Like if you're gonna take a pattern-making class, going to need somebody to help you what's really funny is ashley is now teaching pattern making and sewing Hmm. at palomar college so she's come full circle oh wow yeah because she loved the instruction she got at fashion careers and she knew what a difference it made in her life so much so that she won project runway
0: Hmm. yeah i mean that I mean, what, so what were the, what was the steps, I guess? And I know it's different now because of the competition, right? But yeah. let's say there was a, someone else is trying to start a yeah. a class or something like that. Some, some kind of like program, some kind of, I mean, what were the steps taken to build that out? Do you recall when you the first started? College. Yeah, the college.
1: Uh, back then, Vinny, it was easy. Come up okay. with the curriculum, but over time, the regulation in that industry became prohibitive. Okay. You know, they started, they had an agency in California that would come into your college once a year and do an audit, and you couldn't do this, and you could do that, and um, you had to place 80% of your students, and you had to prove that you placed them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it just became more and more difficult. But at the beginning, the barriers to entry were minimal. Gotcha. You know, you had enough money to rent a building and hire some teachers and do some marketing. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. You know that oh. the key to success there at the beginning we didn't even do this, Vinny was financial aid. I mean, it took us five years to be able to offer financial aid.
0: And where did that funding come from? Do you remember?
1: At the beginning, it was private pay. Oh. Yeah, we were attracting financial- people that could afford that. Uh-huh.
0: And then the financial aid was it government-assisted financial aid? Yeah,
1: both state and federal.
0: State and federal. Wow. Yeah.
1: And then there was a point where the VA had this uh grant for their you know section 22 or where they could go to school virtually free yeah up to sixteen thousand a year Uh so that became really easy for us we started to go after the uh va market the military market yeah Uh and then it all crashed at once that went away the cal grant went away so we became reliant on financial aid
0: so when, it, so when it crashed, uh-huh. right? And this is something you've been for 35 years, right? You're getting a steady pay. and I know you're doing uh, taxes yeah. again, three months of the year. So it probably wasn't the big chunk of where your money was coming from, right? So when this crashed, what was your outlook on kind of everything?
1: Uh, my money has always been made from taxes.
0: Oh, it has. Okay.
1: I make enough in three months that I really don't need to do anything. Okay. Everything else was love. Wow. You know, everything else was love, including working with Ashley. Yeah. I just loved being around her. I loved the business. I loved what we did when it came to making masks and helping so many people and donating so many masks. And I just loved all that. Hmm. But it's an easy for me to say when you know you're okay because of taxes.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because you already have that baseline.
1: Yeah, I was fortunate enough, Vinny, to to do taxes on miramar military base oh, wow. for 30 years yeah so i had a built-in audience
0: yeah
1: you know I had, I had a trailer right in front of the navy exchange
0: is that audience i mean is that baseline still there for you with, with regards yeah to i
1: moved off of base and during COVID. yeah and i moved a half mile from base yeah so i'm up to about 700 clients wow oh, okay over time
0: yeah yeah When now are you still looking at other opportunities as they come about, or is your plate pretty much full?
1: Oh, I'm always looking for opportunities.
0: So so what when you're dissecting opportunities? Because I mean, you got a lot of students over 35 years teaching business, right? Yeah, you have probably a lot of students that I mean at least a good amount probably stay in contact with you. So how do you kind of weigh out the opportunities as they come about?
1: It's got to be a fit for me. Like I've got to be attracted to that at that point in my life. You know, before COVID hit, I was teaching a class called Body Pump at 24-Hour Fitness. Okay. And I was doing maybe eight of those a week. Oh. Um, and then COVID hit and they let everybody go out. Uh They made everybody off at 24-Hour Fitness. When they reopened, they asked me to come back, but I wasn't in that space anymore.
2: Mm.
1: You know, I didn't love it like I used to love it. Gotcha. Yeah. You know, I love know, I love the creating of the music, and I love the interaction with the people. And I also love that at the same time, I'm getting a workout. Yeah. You know, and that's how I feel about, you know, we were talking about pickleball before we came in. Yeah. That's how I feel about pickleball. You're doing something that you enjoy, and you're getting a workout. So, so, that
0: was- so, uh, so should we be talking in, in let's say, five years from now, are you going to be uh, starting a pickleball league or a pickleball community or it's funny because
1: i sent out an email to my people i played uh i played pickle with ball in the more here in my neighborhood saying i'm going on this podcast and i'm going to talk about being the uh manager of the world pickleball league but i better be careful what i say <laughs>
0: you put it out in the universe right
1: yeah i know i know so that's that part of the Uh, When you say put out in the universe, that's me saying you got to know what you want to create. Yeah. Once you know what you want to create and where you are, coincidences are going to happen, Vinny. So
0: so how do you, for yourself, do you Mm -hmm. reschedule, I mean, or align that, um, that North Star, I guess, for you?
1: I've become so good at what I call this creating knowing what you want and where you're at, then I'm able to recognize the coincidences when they pop up. Gotcha. Now, that doesn't mean that I embrace the coincidence. That means it's there.
2: Hmm.
1: Now, it may or may not pan out. If you don't know what you want or where you're at, how do you know the coincidence? How do you know that's a coincidence? Yeah. We had come out with a line of masks before COVID. We saw Billie Eilish on the Grammy Awards, and she had on this really cool diamond mask. Hmm. Before COVID, we had him on our website. Huh. COVID hits. Coincidence? Huh. I mean, it's not a coincidence, but it's an yeah. opportunity. Yeah. You know? Had we not been thinking that way, we may, we may have said no to it. You know, and I think that's what happens with people, Vinny, is they're saying no to things constantly. Yeah. Yeah, because they don't know what they want.
0: Well, I mean, they could have also the um, opposite effect, too, where they're saying yes to everything because they don't know what they want.
1: Because they don't know what they want, right.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, Two pugs just ran in here.
0: Oh, oh, you're you're totally good.
1: (laughs) again like i told you i'm not used to the zoom
0: thing no, no you're all good yeah the uh i mean because i i know in the past i've had that problem where it was saying yes to everything because i didn't know kind of what direction or what i was trying to focus on yeah,
2: yeah.
0: i mean once you reschedule i mean and i know only for myself and i don't know if you have something i know you said you're aligned with what you're looking for when i have kind of a question of trying to figure out where that north star is going to be i try to envision where i'm going to be in five years from now
1: Mm-hmm. Or 10 years
0: from now. And mm-hmm. if this pathway that I'm looking at is going to get me there, I mean, do you have some kind of like meditation or uh, thought or riding a bike or something that basically allows you to kind of soak yeah. in that direction?
1: Yeah. yeah, meditation. Meditation. Okay. Yeah. Been doing that a long time. Um, the other thing that you had said that I don't want to let pass here is that, you know, you don't know because you say yes to everything. Yeah. What are we motivated by? If we're motivated by money, we're going to say yes to everything. Hmm. Or we could say yes to everything.
2: Yeah, you could. Yeah,
1: sure. Yeah, so you never know what people are motivated by, but that's a faulty motivation. Yeah. Um, it's not going to get you there. It may get you there short term. Yeah. But it's not going to get you there if that's your primary motivation. So you're making good money. Do you love what you do? Yeah. I, you know come home every day and I'm complaining and I don't like my boss and I don't like the commute and now they're making me go in but do you like what you do? What do you do? You know so I always think about it, it really it really comes down to the motivation. So even from the beginning I was motivated by the love of the work. Yeah. Yeah. Even taxes. I was motivated by the love of the work.
0: Do you, I mean, because you have a business background and yeah. do you ever look at like, because 700, I mean, tax returns that you're doing, do you yeah. look at it and say, Hey, let me give you some business advice or is it more so, cause I know you're a very personable person or how often I are do, you kind of stepping out of that realm?
1: I'm going to say a good 40 of my clients have businesses and I constantly give them advice. Okay. Uh, helping people in their business is one of my biggest passions.
0: Hmm.
1: yeah because it's um it's easy to explain it's hard to get them to look at the numbers but a lot of people have really great ideas that they can make a go of yeah if they know what they want and where they're at and the steps to get there so what i do with a lot of people that are interested in creating a plan is i do something i call structural tension charts Where we look at, like, let's say you, five years from now, this is where you want to be. Right now, you're here. These are the steps I need to get there. Well, we're going to break that all the way down to what you're going to do this year. Yeah. And then from there, we'll take it down even further.
0: So so even more so like a coach then, too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, What holds people back is how they think about things both personal and business. Hmm. Like a lot of people, Vinny, have theories that are yeah. holding them back. Yeah. The biggest theory is the fear of the unknown. You know, they, they in their mind, before they take an opportunity or take the steps towards um, creating that opportunity, they've already talked themselves out of the opportunity. Yeah. Because they're making up how it's going to pan out. Yeah. Instead of creating it
0: yeah yeah no I, I, I yeah I, I totally agree I mean it's um,
1: and that's a lot of what your program's about
0: I mean I, I think the tough part about it I think for for so, some individuals and one of the reasons why I kind of started the, the program was because you you get okay I want to start this this pathway I want to start this business whatever it is and you see someone else on social media that says that they started that same business and they're doing great at it. So as soon as you start seeing some kind of failure, you start kind of going, oh, my gosh, I'm going to fail. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And you start taking all that stuff in instead of knowing that the unknown is okay. Have faith in where you're going.
1: Embrace the unknown. Rocking
0: forward. Embrace it. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Embrace it. it.
1: Uh, Because we really don't know how it's going to pan out. But we do know that we can make it pan out the best we could if we're clear about where we're at. It's just not being clear about where. So many years ago, I took this call course called technologies for creating. Mm -hmm. And all the guy did was he taught people how to create what they wanted in their life. Right. So we would meet every week and, you know, we had a workbook and you made a list of what you wanted, personal career relationships. And then people would come back and then report. How did it go? And it was funny because some people would create success and they wouldn't. And what the author of the course, by the way, Robert Fritz, Mm. the path of least resistance for managers, my Bible. um, What he discovered is that people, when they came to describing reality, were lying. Hmm. They were making things better than they were or worse than they were. They were never in reality. And that's why they weren't creating what they want. Now, why were they doing it? It's because they had theories and ideas and notions about themselves. Fear of the unknown, um, identity, ego, all of that stuff is what prevented people from, in reality, not being clear, therefore not being able to get what they want. So when you look at these people, like I'll look at things like AI right now and all the opportunities and people are going to start looking at that, right? Mm -hmm. And want to get into that space because there's money there. What are you coming into that space with mentally? Do you really know how to create even though there's an opportunity there? So I think that's been um, missing
0: Yeah,
1: is people's capacity to tell the truth about where they're at.
0: Well, I mean, that's, I think that's the difficult part. I mean, it is a difficult part for for most people. I mean, because if you're, if you're in a a failed situation, right, you have to basically embrace the the failure to get out of the failure, right? Or if you're in a good situation, but you think you're a failure, right? There's probably some emotional damage there. Um, Thank you so much, Andrew, for, for being on the podcast. For people like looking to get more information about, um, what you're doing, where you're going, probably a new business you're going to be starting in a couple of years. What's the best way of getting more information?
1: You can go to my website, andrewbisahaw.com.
0: Perfect. And we do yeah. have that, the show notes. Sorry, sorry, Andrew.
1: And my phone number's there.
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah. We we have all the information in the show notes. And I'm guessing, do you put where you play pickleball in there too? on the
1: website? I do not. <laughs> <laughs> There's too much demand for those courts.
0: Yeah. It's a, it's a fad that's probably not going to, And but if we're uh, if we're talking in five years, besides you being the um, CEO of the Pickleball Nation of America, where else do you plan to to be, you think, in five years from now?
1: I think at this point in my life, I just want balance. Just You know, me and my husband have this dream of moving to uh, Italy. Oh, nice. You know, it's gone to a point where half my clients in Albany, I can do their taxes without seeing them. Yeah you know, and if I increase that, I can be anywhere. Yeah. So that's, that's the dream right now.
0: You can be doing interviews like this and it'll be anywhere, right?
1: Well, I appreciate you inviting me on.
0: Thank you, Andrew, so much. Hopefully everyone got some, some great information. Uh, Please go in the show notes, go find Andrew and you can kind of tell, I mean, Andrew, I mean, the the, the positivity, the excitement, I mean, it seems like he comes at, at life like that on a daily basis. So I mean, wherever you are, be happy because you don't know what's possible, right? Thank you, guys.
2: Have
1: a good good. one. Thank you for listening to The Road to Growth, Success of an Entrepreneur. Please like, subscribe, and stay connected. Visit
0: www.TheEnriquezGroup.com. Yeah, I created a website. Hope to see you again next week. The Enriquez Group, signing off.